Thank you for joining us for this message today. If you're new to the church or want to connect in any way, check us out at harborcitychurch.org. We would love to connect with you. Thank you so much. And with that, let's jump into the message. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us uh, online for church this morning. In a moment, we'll be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and then we'll be going over to a story from John chapter 9. We've been in a series called The God of of the Darkness, and I want us as a church to understand whether you are going through a season of darkness personally or through this season that we're going through as a nation, I want you to know something. There is hope in the darkness. There is treasures in the darkness. And you can worship your way out of the darkness because our God is the God of the darkness. He's the God of our dark seasons that we go through in our lives. Today is part four in our series, and I want to talk to you about winning in the dark. So, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we just pray today you will anoint this word, you will anoint your word personally for every person listening, that uh, you will come and speak to their hearts, speak to their lives. Not only will they find hope and treasures and worship, but Lord, may you help them win in the dark seasons of their life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, this morning, I want to just define for you what winning in the dark means. So on your notes, you might want to write this down. Winning in, a, winning in the dark is winning in a season of adversity. It means winning in a season of difficulty, trouble, and hardship. But it also means something else. Winning in the dark also means uh, winning in a place of obscurity, a place where you are unseen, not noticed, or overlooked. In other words, it means when no one else is watching or no one else sees you, you are still winning. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 through 9 say this. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck, da- struck down, but not destroyed. Paul is saying here, when we are hard-pressed, we are still winning. When we are perplexed, we are still winning. When we are persecuted, we are still winning. When we are struck down, we are still winning. He's saying, I'm not crushed yet. I'm not giving up yet. I'm not throwing in the towel yet. Yes, all this stuff can be true about my life, but I want you to know this, that even though I go through certain things in my Christian life that are tough and perplexing, I want you to know this, I'm still winning. And hopefully, that's your confession today as well. Everyone who did something great in Scripture went through a dark season. In our story this morning in John chapter 9, Jesus comes upon a person who's not only blind, but he was born blind. In verse 1, it tells us this. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. Darkness is all he knows, all he has ever known. So just for a moment, close your eyes and imagine for a moment that you've lost your sight. And you had to make it from your living room or wherever you're watching this sermon this morning, you have to make it from wherever you're at out to your car. Maybe it's in the garage, maybe it's in your driveway, but you have to imagine how you're going to get there. Now, you know you've been there maybe a thousand times. 
But you need to know this morning how you would get there completely blind. Now, once you get there, I know you know, maybe by heart, how to get there to the bathroom, how to get to the kitchen, how to get to the refrigerator. But can you make it to your car, then get in and back out the driveway? No, just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> just, just give you an idea what this man's life on a daily basis or what it's like to be blind. Now, He's been blind all his life. He has nothing to compare it to. He has nothing that he can remember apart from darkness. As Jesus moves in the close proximity of this man, he doesn't pass him by. I want you to know, this is not in your notes, but I want you to know, it doesn't matter how long you've been in a dark season, Jesus will not pass you up. You need to know he hasn't forgotten you. He sees your darkness. He sees your situation and he will not pass you by. So as Jesus moves into close proximity to this man, a question emerges emerges about the man from his disciples. And the question is this in verse two, it says, and his disciples asked, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind. So I want you to again look at this man. He's born blind, and they're asking, Who sinned? This man, his mom, or his dad that caused him to be born blind? Now, just to be clear, I don't usually say this. In fact, I don't think I've ever say, said this before, but this is a dumb question because I've heard this said many times before. There's no such thing as a dumb question, but this is a dumb question. How can you ask, did he sin when he was born blind? He hasn't even had an opportunity to sin yet, but people are always looking for someone to blame, looking for some reason. Maybe it's his mother's fault. Maybe it's his father's fault. Have you ever had one of your children get into trouble and you blamed yourself as a parent? Or worse yet, have you had people talk behind your back when they found out something about your life and you heard 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 it said about you. I thought she was a woman of God. I thought he was a man of God. I thought he was a pastor, a good pastor. Look at their kids. Who sinned? Whose fault is it that that he's living in the dark or they're living in the dark? So the question would be, at, uh, I would be asking if I were this man this morning, uh, is this, how did I find myself in this dilemma? This is not the ideal situation. This is not reflective of my belief that I've been taught about the God that I want to serve. And yet, here I am in the dark. And this situation is not private. This situation is public. How do you hide being blind? How do you hide living in the dark? I mean, you can hide being broke. Uh, You can hide being in, in emotional pain. But how can you hide being blind? Uh, how can you how can you hide all those things? And yet, there are situations when God puts us in situations where we cannot find or see our way out, and that's what happens. We're we're, we're like this, and we're just kind of finding our way through. And listen, I've seen buff guys. I've seen guys with huge biceps and triceps, and and their 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 buffness is amazing. But I just want you to know, no matter how big and how tough and how strong you are this morning, uh, your buffness will not help you see 
uh, your way out of the dark. Today, I want you to know your crisis in the dark, and you can write this down. This is how you want to know how to win in the dark is this. You need to know your situation as a setup or see your situation as a setup for the glory of God. It's verse three, it says this. Jesus answered, it was not that this man sinned or his parents. I want you to know that's good news for all of us, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. I don't know who this is for this morning, but I want you to know this. I don't know which of you have been groping in the darkness to find your way out. Some of you are thinking, I should have been further down the road by now. Some of you are thinking, for my age, I should have accomplished more by now. Some of you are thinking, uh, I should be not only further down the road, but I should have accumulated more things by now, but I'm still groping in the darkness trying to find my way out. And you're asking, will I ever be happy? Will I ever be free? Will I ever be out of debt? Will I ever be whole? Will I ever be able to see? And I'm here to tell you this today, that God is in your life, and you're not listening to this by chance today. God is here to tell you, I let you be in this situation to get some glory from your life. He's let you be blind and live in a dark season. He let you be broke. He let you be humiliated. He let you be embarrassed. He let you suffer, and he let everybody see your suffering publicly. He let others murmur about you and gossip about you. He, 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 even at the beauty shop or at the barber shop, he let the neighbors drive past your house and point at your house and say, have you heard what's going on in their lives? See, he needed you to go public so that when he turns it around, everybody will look and say, that had to be God that brought him out of this or brought her out of this. Jesus said this, this man was born blind for the glory of God that the works of God might be displayed in him. I wonder if you've ever considered that your darkness, your blindness, your emptiness, your loneliness, your singleness, your unhappily marriedness, whatever it might be, uh, I I just, it, it might be that it's, for the glory of God. It might be that as you're groping around, thinking about your situations, that maybe God says, I've allowed it because I want to get glory from your life. It's for the glory of God that he let you do everything you could do to fix yourself and it didn't work. He let other people help you, but it still didn't work. So that you would know you can only win in this darkness if you give your darkness to God. And they brought him to Jesus. And Jesus said, this is going to be for the glory of God. I want you to know whatever you're going through personally, I want you to know what this nation is going through, that if we will seek God and we will be brought to God, God will get all the glory. Listen, I went through 12 years of ministering to youth and no one called me to ever minister to adults. And because no one called me to minister, I began to wonder if God called me to pastor. I didn't know that my darkness, that, that my darkness might bring glory to God. I want us to understand that, that today, that when you cannot go by uh, what you see 
And I said this a couple weeks ago, but I think you need to hear it again because this is what I've learned in my dark times and my dark seasons. So here's the second way you can win in the dark. You, when you can't see, you have to go by what you hear. See, in verses 6 and 7, it says this, Having said these things, he spat on the ground and made mud and with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud and said to them, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. This man was blind and in the dark. Uh, he was blind in the dark, but let me just say this. He wasn't deaf. And when one, break, one thing breaks down on you, you have to work with what's left. And I don't need anything that, or I, I, I and, and what I want to say is, you don't need anything that you've lost to, be, to bless you with. Some of you dwell too much on what you've lost, and, and, and so what you've done is you start thinking about all the things in your life that you don't have instead of seeing what you have left. So if, uh, if you only have your heart or your hearing left, which means you have to be careful who speaks into your ear. And I've said this before, but you need to remember, who are you listening to? Who's speaking to you? Because your destiny will come and be fulfilled by ear. See, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And God is teaching us to walk by faith, which means when God speaks to you and me, we need to walk by faith and not by sight, which means I need to obey uh, when I don't understand what he asked me to do. I will do what you say, God, even when I don't get it. Now, I will walk by ear rather than crying about what I've lost. Um, stop saying, here's what I, I, I want you to hear this morning. Stop saying, I can't get there because so-and-so didn't go there. Stop saying, I can't get there because so-and-so didn't raise me right. I can't get there because so-and-so didn't love me the right way. I can't get there because I'm too old. On and on it goes. Now, you need to know, you may go differently or may have to go differently. You may have to go more slowly than other people go. But, and you may stumble a few times, but you have to keep going because God is going to bring you into your destiny by ear. Which brings me to the third way you went in the darkness, and that's this. Remember this. Every step is a blessing. To a blind man, you need to know this. Every step is a blessing. What we always think about is where I'm going and where I want to end up and how I'm going to get there in five years, 10 years, 15, 20 years. But that's not the way it is. When a man is blind and in the darkness, I want you to know it's, about the, it's not about the destination, but it's about the next step without falling. That's what it's like. So we need to remember to not delay our praise for the finish line, but to praise and worship Every step of the way. Every time you take a step, you might want to stop and just say, thank you, Jesus. I made another step without stubbing my toe, without tripping, without falling. Every time you take that step, you need to remember you moved another step forward because every step is a blessing. Look at this verse, Philippians 3, 4, 3 13, actually, and 14. Uh, the Apostle Paul said, Brothers, 
I do not consider that I've made it on my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press, I press, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. He said, I press, I step. This dark season is a season where every step forward is huge. Years ago, my daughters or our daughters met a blind man at Safeway and he needed help getting his groceries home and they became friends with him. And I asked the girls, how, how did this guy get around? Well, they said he used a walking stick, but more than that, he memorized his, his way. He counted his steps. He knew exactly when he was coming to another end of a sidewalk. He knew where the buttons were to push for the stoplights. And when he would get to his apartment, he would step into the stairway area. He would memorize how many steps it was to the top. And then when he came to the hallway, he would turn to the direction he was supposed to go. And he memorized how many steps it was to get to his doorway. Every step counted and every step mattered. You may not be out of debt yet, but hopefully you're one step further closer to being out of debt than you were yesterday. You may not be free of your addiction today, but hopefully you're one step closer than you were yesterday. Every step is a blessing. Okay, here's the fourth step to winning over the the darkness. The talking didn't work. The lack of planning didn't work. But here's step number four. It only works if you work it. The, The word only works, the word of God in your life only works if you work it, okay? So victory only works if you work it. Deliverance only works if you work it. God is not going to work it for you. What he's going to do is work it with you. Uh, You can hear it all day long, but if you don't do it, it's not going to work for you. I can teach you every Sunday. I can teach you during the week. I can teach you in small groups uh, all the time. I can teach you, but if you don't apply the principles, it's not going to work for you. And then you can ask yourself, why is God allowing this in my life? He's allowing it because you are lazy and won't work it, all right? I give you a, if I give you a recipe for a cake, it will only work if you take the ingredients, stir it up, and bake the cake. Otherwise, it won't work. It only works if you work it. Okay, here's a fifth step to win in the darkness. Write this down. Always go to something bigger than yourself. Some of us walk in defeat because we have given ourselves to something too small to hold our vision. Have you jumped from a block of wood into a kiddie pool and acted like you just jumped off the high dive into an Olympic-sized pool? Some of us think like, like the world. God takes small things, though, and turns them into big things. Jesus is the biggest thing that you can jump into. Jesus is the biggest thing that you can turn your life over to. Verse 5 says this, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud. Let me just say this. Sometimes we are guilty of immersing ourselves into things that we think are big from the world's perspective, but that's not how God sees it. Well, this isn't the way I thought 
God would, would help me went over the darkness. I never thought God would spit in some dirt, make some mud, put it in my eyes. This is not the way I thought I would went over the darkness. The way God does things in our lives always leads to bigger things because he can take some spit and some dirt, make them into mud, and turn them into something big. Our God is amazing. He does things beyond our comprehension with spit and dirt. And if you want to win your way out of darkness... You have to trust that he knows what he's doing because he is God and our God does miracles differently. Okay, here's the sixth thing. Immerse yourself beyond yourself. See, many of us can't see beyond ourselves because we think we have all the answers. So nobody can teach you. Some people can't teach you anything because you think you're smarter than everybody else and you think you're smarter than God. You, you are your own physician. You're spitting in your own eye. In fact, uh, you wrote the story of your life and you believe it's the truth about your life. You've never immersed yourself beyond yourself. You are your own doctor. Now, here's the rest of point five. I want you to get this. If you don't immerse yourself beyond yourself, you will never be able to redefine yourself. Jesus tells us this blind man had to immerse himself or immerse himself beyond himself so he could redefine himself. And here's why this is true. You are out, you, we run out of our own resources. We run out of inventory when we keep trying to do things on our own way. You've used everything you knew, and if you don't immerse yourself beyond yourself, your bag will become empty. Every smart thing you have ever known uh, to say to yourself You've already said it. And guess what? Dr. Phil would say, how's that working for you? It's probably not working. So verse 7 tells us this. He went to the pool in the dark. He, He immersed himself beyond himself to a pool that he maybe had been to before, maybe not. But he got there somehow. And verse 7 says this. And Jesus said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed, and came back, how? Seeing. He immersed himself beyond himself, and because he did that, he was able to redefine himself. He came back seeing. He ceased living in the dark by uh, simply immersing himself beyond himself, and that caused him to be able to redefine himself. If you only immerse yourself with the people who are doing what you are doing and into what you are into, how can you get loosed or freed from something that you've been trying to get freed from for the rest of your life? You want to stop gossiping? Quit hanging with the people who gossip. If you want to get out of an addiction, quit hanging with the people who are uh, have the same addiction that you do. You have to immerse yourself beyond yourself so you can redefine yourself And when you are immersing yourself into everything uh, that you shouldn't be uh, be doing, you can't get out of it. But when you you immerse yourself in the right things, you'll be able to redefine yourself. So let me give you some final thoughts this morning. How how can, can you imagine with me what it's like to see like someone who's never seen before? Do, Do you know what it's like to receive something that you have no frame of reference for. Uh, something like, like your background has no reference for it. Your, your background doesn't reflect it. Your back, 
your education doesn't reflect it. Nothing supports what God did in your life, but all of a sudden you find yourself in the middle of a miracle and you don't know how to describe how you got it because it doesn't fit in any frame of reference that you have. You can't say, I did this, so this happened. Or they did this and this happened. No, you're just looking for someone who's happy for you, but they can't relate to you because what you did broke many of the rules of their theology and what happened to you doesn't fit in the box that they've made for your life. So all you can do is just say, I I just like to find someone who's thrilled that I can see again. But instead, you're walking around and here's what happens to someone who hasn't seen before. And they're walking around like someone crazy. They're walking up to people's faces and touching their faces. That's what the blind man that my daughter's uh, met. He wanted to know what they looked like, so he was touching their faces. But this guy was touching faces probably because he had never seen a face before. He was going around touching trees and flowers. He was going in the marketplace holding up fruit and vegetables because he'd never seen anything like that before. And they're thinking, what's wrong with this guy? So you need to know this, though. What happens when you win in the dark? Here's the last point you need to write down. When you win in the dark, it doesn't mean that you don't have to win in the light. And verses 8 through 25, I don't have time to, uh, to, to, to read them all to you, but just so you know this, everybody's going, is that really the guy that was blind? I think that's the guy that was blind. And they're going through this whole thing, and, and uh, they ask him, yes, I'm the guy. Uh, I'm the guy God, uh, Jesus came by, uh, spit on some dirt, made clay, uh, told me to go wash in the pool of Salaam. I'm the guy. But some of the Pharisees uh, said, this man, uh, whoever did this to you is not from God, and uh, he, it can't be God. And, and the blind man uh, says to them, listen, Jesus touched my life, and Jesus changed my life. And uh, so they, they don't believe him. They go get his parents. His parents said, uh, this is our son, And his parents said, these things happen. Now, beginning in verse uh, 22, it says, his parents said these things because they feared the Jews. Here's what they said. Go ask him. He's old enough. He's a grown-up. And they said these things because they they, uh, wanted uh, to not cause a problem. And so they didn't want to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he's of age. Ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, said to him, give glory to God. We know this man is a sinner. And this is how the blind man answered. I love the fact, too, that they don't give his name. So we just have to relate that. Maybe there's a lot of blind people out there. He answered, whether he's a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I can see. And I want you to hear this. Your conversion from darkness to light will cause conviction to come on those who are still in darkness. And the ones you ran with, the ones that you chewed with, and the ones that you did all sorts of things with, I'm telling you this, they're not as thrilled about your conversion from darkness to light because it brings conviction on their life. When my dad got saved, I'll never forget this, not everybody in his family was thrilled that he became a Christian because none of them were church people. None of them really served Jesus. And 
when he became a Christian, it convicted them about certain behaviors that they had in their lives. And so they wanted to do everything they could to bring him back into the darkness, into his old behavior, so they could feel better about their lives. So I just want you to know, you're going to have to fight the wind and the light as much as you do in the dark. Now, the rest of the story goes like this. In verse 26, it says, they said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered them and said this, I have told you already. He's getting just exhausted with this uh, question and answer thing. He said, I've told you already and you would not listen. Listen to that. You would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? And they reviled him saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. And then the blind man does this. The blind man answered, why is this an amazing thing? You do not know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a blind-born man or a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter sin, and you would you teach us? And they cast him out. Now, look at these next verses because these are so key. So I just want you to, before I read those, let me just say this. People who get convicted from you coming out of darkness into light will want to make themselves feel that they're better than you are. So verse 35 says, Jesus heard that they'd cast him out. Now remember, he didn't pass him by the first time, but now he hears he's been cast out. And having found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? I just want you to know, there's seasons of darkness when you start to serve God. You may be in the light, but there's seasons of darkness. And he goes through all this rejection. He's thrown out. His parents are worried, all those kind of things. But Jesus finds him a second time. And he says, do you believe in the Son of Man? And he answered, and who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. And he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. I want you to hear today, when you win your way out of the darkness, when you truly meet the living God, when you truly give him everything uh, that, that you have in your life, the dark seasons, I just want you to know, he won't pass you by, and when you do, he will help you win over your darkness, and he will bring you into the light, and when you do that, you can't help but worship him in your life. Today, as we close, we need to know this. To win your way out of the darkness, Jesus will not pass you by. And you need to see your situation as a setup for the glory of God. And then you have to obey what you hear by ear to obey God and do what he tells you to do. And then immerse yourself beyond yourself and the Lord will help you redefine yourself. So win in the dark and win in the light and worship him every step of the way. All right, let's take a moment with every head bowed, every eye closed in your home today, whether you're with friends or not, because this is your opportunity 
to win your way out of the dark season you've been facing and maybe even out of our nation, but I'm talking to you personally right now. So if you don't know Jesus today, I want you to know you're not listening by accident. He's come to pass by your life and he's not overlooking you. He's stopping and he's saying, do you want to be free? Do you want to win over your darkness? And he is your way out of the darkness. And if that's you today, today, uh, today's your day to surrender your whole life completely to him. So would you pray this prayer with me right now? With your head bowed, your eye closed, repeat after me. Father God, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die in my place. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of all my sins, of all my mistakes, of all my failures. Come into my life and be my savior, my Lord, my boss, my friend, and my king. And by your grace and by your power, I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I applaud you this morning. And I know those around you, just make sure you don't keep it a secret because God says this, Jesus said this, if you believe in me, confess, confess me to your friends and I'll confess you before my father. Make it public for him. All right, now you just need to know someone's gonna come on and direct you uh, for your next steps of what you need to do next after giving your life to Christ. I also wanna say this as we close. Next Sunday at 6 p.m., we are going to have a, a Facebook Live straight uh, a state of the church address. And uh, you're going to uh, hear uh, where we're going for the rest of the summer and hopefully where we're going for the fall as long as things don't change. Everything is kind of fluid these days. But uh, during that time, next Sunday night at 6 p.m., you'll be able to ask questions and uh, send them in. And then I'll try to field them with a team of people as best we can. But we're living in exciting days. Don't want to miss that. Also, next Sunday, don't forget parking lot Sunday at South Shore Mall at 11 a.m. God bless you guys. See you next week. Thank you for joining us today. We have a lot of great resources for you over at harborcitychurch.org. Come check us out, and I hope you have an awesome week.